This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit exceedlifechurch.org. But let's let's look at Galatians 5:22 through 26. And uh, this is our foundational scripture. And it says, "But the fruit of the spirit is love." Amen. Joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then he goes on to say, against such there is no law. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen? And so how are we going to walk in the fruit of the Spirit? We have to walk in the Spirit of God. Amen? We have to crucify the flesh. Glory to God. And so today I'm going to talk to you about the, uh, the fruit of, of um, self-restraint. Amen. The fruit of self-control. How many people have a deal with any areas in their life where they're weak in? Amen. Amen. You, you, know, I, I, you know, the self-control is a big one. And, uh, you know, another word for that, is, the Greek word is temperance. And that means to really to get a grip on. And so we, we need to get a grip on whatever is, is hindering us from following the plan and the will of God. You know, our culture today is a culture that we live in. Uh, it's sort of a, a me culture. Um, uh, it's a whatever feels good, do it. Uh, are you familiar? You know, that's the type of culture we live in. Whatever feels good, just do it. We're, we're Americans. And we have freedom and we can do some things. But, you know... Uh, even in this great country, there are laws. And you just can't do anything you want to do. And because there's laws and, you know, you can cross the, 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 and go against the law and you're going to find yourself in trouble. Amen. And the same thing with the kingdom of God. There's laws in the kingdom of God. And if we violate these laws, uh, we can be in a world of hurts. Look at your neighbor and say, don't violate God's law. And, you know, I'm not talking about being under, uh, you know, under a legalistic system this morning. I'm talking about, you know, Jesus came to preach the law of love. So, you know, that is one of the laws that we need to be governing ourselves under is somebody say a law of love. Amen. And what is that law of love? That love that law is to love God. What? With all your heart. With all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like in this, and is love your neighbor as yourself. Amen? There's a golden rule, or the royal law that James puts it, do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. So we want to treat other people good. Amen? And so, so we're talking about walking under the law of love. And when we get out from under the law of love, we're under... Another law. <laughs> you know, the Bible says in Romans 8, you know, there's a law of life in Christ Jesus. And then there's a law of sin and death. And as Christians, you know, you can walk under the law of sin and death. I don't want to walk under that law. I want to walk under the law of life. Somebody say life. In Christ Jesus. Amen. So there are some sins of the flesh that if, if practice. Uh, can destroy our relationship with God and others. And we don't want uh, to walk in these type of sins. Now, I'm going to look at, you know, because Paul was contrasting the fruit of the Spirit with the works of the flesh. 
Now, I haven't read about the works of the flesh. Anybody ever read the works of the flesh? Nobody wants to read the works of the flesh. Amen. But uh, let's look at Galatians 5.19 because we're just going to just, just look at this just briefly and then move forward. But uh, it says here, Galatians 5.19 through 21. It says, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery. That's a big one, isn't it? Fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and, and, and the like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I have also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow, that's a long list. Actually, that's a longer list than the fruit of the Spirit. And, and to tell you the truth, it seems like the works of the flesh, there's a lot more involved in the works of the flesh. And so what we have to do is we've got to get a handle on the works of the flesh. See, Paul is not just, you know, this is not just something that unbelievers walk in. These, some of these things believers are walking in. And as a believer, you don't want to, you know, the Bible says, if you sow to the flesh, what will you reap? The Bible says corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, what are you going to reap? Life. See, this morning, you're sowing to the spirit. So hopefully, you're reaping life this morning. Amen. You're sowing to the spirit and they that sow to the spirit will reap life and life everlasting. And so we see some of these things. And and so it's a strong admonition that that if we the key word in this, if we practice these things, in other words, we don't want to be living in sin. And, you know, you say, oh, pastor, now you're talking to us about sin. We're all, you know, pure as the driven snow. You guys are probably pure. You know, I know you guys are working at it. But but, you know, Jesus had a lot of strong things to say about sin. And so Jesus didn't take sin lightly. You know, he, he had grace and mercy on the, the lady that was caught in adultery. Remember that the lady that was caught in adultery, she was thrown right in front of him. And, you know, then he, you know, and then a Pharisee says, you know, hey, you know, the law says stone her. And then Jesus, what did he say? He said, those that have no sin cast the first stone. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus looks at her and they finally all leave. And she says, where he says, where's your accusers? She looked around. There was none. And Jesus had the ability to accuse her, but he he gave mercy. Now, I'm going to say this mercy, the Bible says, always triumphs over judgment. And so Jesus brought mercy and Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go your way. And then he says something that's that that's, you know, it's sort of, you know, that he needed to say sin no more. (laughs) He doesn't say go away, go back into your lifestyle, you know, continue to go back in that. No, he said sin no more. So God gives us grace to come out of anything. I'm going to say this to you today. You may be struggling with some areas in your life, possibly in this list. Amen. But I'm going to say this, that God can give you the power to come out of it. Amen. You're not stuck in any, any sin 
uh, 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 flesh, uh, sins of flesh or weaknesses, you're not stuck this morning. The power of God is able. Somebody say able. Able to set you free from anything that will hinder you. Amen. So, so just because I read this list and you say, well, some of these, I, 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 you know, listen, the key in the word is practice. See, when we realize that we're crossing the line with God, we need to do something. We need to repent. Yes, yes, amen. We need to turn around and go back the right way. Amen. amen. Repentance is a good thing. And so that, that means that we're waking up and moving back towards God. In other words, we, repentance is a power to say yes to God and no to the flesh. Amen. And so, you know, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father but through me. And I want to say this, that, that Jesus is your way out of your problem this morning. I'm going to say that Jesus is the truth. And he can reveal truth to you. And the Bible says once you know the truth, the truth can set you free. Jesus says he is the life. Listen, you you know, you keep if we continue to sow into the flesh, we will reap corruption. But Jesus said, I came that you may have what life and have it what more abundantly. Sometimes we think abundance life is in. It's in sins of the flesh, but the sins of the flesh will get old after, after a while. Amen. Can I get an amen or oh me? So let's look at some things that we need to look at. And uh, we, we're going to just kind of focus in some areas that we may be weak in. And I kind of covered some of this through our series. But uh, again, the, the, the power of self-control, the fruit of self-control, I believe ties into all the other fruit of the, the Spirit. And so it, it, it's, it's very important for us to walk in that. You know, I, 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 I heard uh, this, that somebody said, if I could kick the person that was always giving me problems, I wouldn't be able to sit for a week. In other words, we're our own worst enemy. In other words, people aren't your problem. In other words, a lot of times we need to look in the mirror. Because that's, that's, why do we look in the mirror? To, 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 to make sure everything looks, you know, if there's anything out of place, we look in the mirror to make it look right. And you guys are looking good this morning. And so you guys are looking good. And so when we look in the mirror of God's word, hopefully his word will get us back on track. Can I get an amen? amen. And get us back on track and where we need to go. Now, now here it says, let's, let's look at some of these trouble areas. Anger. I hit on this array through the, through the, through the, the month. But let's look at this in Proverbs 29, 11. It says, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. So uh, that's a pretty strong translation. It's New King James. I, would, I, would, I would, would say a foolish man, you know, vents all his feelings. So. You know, you know, people can do some things, but but are we are we controlled to keep ourselves in check? Amen. When somebody says something or does something, do we have self-control not to lose it? Can I get an amen or oh me? Now, look, look, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, self-control is not an easy fruit. I, I look down at my stomach and I know it's not an easy fruit. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But it is a good fruit that we need to walk in, that when we walk in self-control or discipline, I really believe we're going to see the glory of God in our lives and we'll be able to move forward triumphantly in this walk. Now, Jonah is a man in the Old Testament and he was a man called of God. He was called to preach to the city of Nineveh, the Ninevites. And Jonah, uh, you know, the, 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 the city of Nineveh, the, the Nineveh, they were known for being cruel and doing bad things. And Jonah, you know, I, I believe he had a prejudice against Nineveh. He, he didn't want to preach to Nineveh. He, you know, God came to him. He was called to be a prophet. And, and so he had an anger towards these people. Because we know this because he wasn't excited about preaching to Nineveh. He actually, he took a boat the opposite direction. And I'm going to say this, that we need to be very careful about anger or even people that we don't like because they might be the people that God is calling you to preach or to minister to. Let me put it that way. Amen. What, Pastor? <laughs> I, I, you know, I was at the park. And somebody was smoking and, I, and, and the breeze was coming in and they were over in the, the bench. And, you know, and, and I could smell the smoke. You could smell smoke about 20 feet away. It was about 40 feet. And, uh, you know, one of the good things that I should have done, I thought about this afterwards, was go talk to her and let her know that God, you know, that, that ask her if she's ever tried to quit, quit smoking and let her know that God can set her free from it. Instead of complain about it, pray about it. And so what we need to do is we need to be those people that where people are in areas of doing things that that may even encroach in in our freedoms. uh, We need to be there to try to help people get over the hump. Can I get an amen or oh me? And so we need to do that. And I, I never done that before because, you know, I asked her if she, you know, because a lot of smokers try to quit. But you know what? You know, when you try to do it in your own power, when you try to, you know, whatever the the weakness that you may be dealing with, whenever you try to do it in your own power, you may come up empty. Willpower can only go so, so, so far. But spirit power, somebody say spirit power, will go further. Now, now, and we, we have, I'm going to say this now, it's not all spirit power. It's not all willpower. But your will has has something to do with you coming out of some weaknesses. The most powerful thing that God has ever given us, the human race, is our our will. And God, you know what? I'm going to say this. Your will is so powerful. Your will is so powerful that 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 God will not violate your will. He will, you know, he, he will not. He didn't violate Jonah's will. But but Jonah found himself in some problems because he had some issues with the Ninevites. He didn't want to preach to him. He knew that God was a loving God, merciful, you know, to a thousand generations. God is merciful. God is loving. God is kind. And God wanted the Ninevites to repent. And he was raising up Jonah to do a work. To, to, to preach the gospel. And Jonah went on a boat the opposite direction. And what happened? Well, you know, you know, I, you know, I know the devil can send some storms, but God can send some storms too. Amen. Hello. 
And so, you know, and I believe that storm was that came up, you know, because, you know, he was he was coming. He was going against God's will for his life. And I'm going to say this. Don't go against God's will. You don't want the storms. You don't want the 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 storm to come into your life because you're fighting God's will. I don't want to fight against God's will. No, I want to work with God's will. And so the storm came up and and so uh, and, and, and it came and and Jonah was on that boat and he was sleeping down at the bottom. And the sailors, you know, the people who were in charge of that boat was trying to figure out why, why this storm was coming up. Because it was such a bad storm that the boat was going to, you know, could go down. But they found out from Jonah, they found Jonah, who, 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 who do you serve? He says, I serve the most high God. I know why the storm's here. It's because basically he's, he's in disobedience. And so, you know, Jonah said, just throw me over. I'm telling you, when you're not walking with God like you need to, you're going to feel like being thrown over a boat. Because you're not going to. Am I talking to anybody today? I'm telling you, it's much better to walk with God than walk uh, away from God. It's much better to be in the house of the Lord. Can I get an amen than, than to be out there in some cold house? I'm telling you, I, 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 I backslid out of church. I was out of church for a short while. And I'm telling you, when I got back to church, I, I, said, I, I said, I'm never leaving the church. I'm not going to leave God. I'm going to stay with God because he, he's the best thing going. God is the best thing. Going. What, what would you do if you left God? Where would you go if you left God? There's no, there's no place that you can go that you're going to be satisfied but serving the living God. And Jonah, you know, there's going to be things that God's going to call us to do that we're not going to like to do. Can, can, I, can I say that again? Because I think sometimes we think what God calls us to do, we're going to always like it. That's where the discipline of the flesh, you're not going to always like what God tells you to do. He may, he may tell you to, you know, to cut your, you know, your, your neighbor's grass that's high and you're cutting your grass and you're looking at their grass. And like, he may tell you to cut their grass. I heard of a minister was cutting his grass. And the Lord said, cut your neighbor's grass. Sometimes it's inconvenient following God. Sometimes it's inconvenient to our flesh to walk with God. But I'm going to say this. It will, it will grant us rich rewards when we do it with a right heart. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? We've got to have a right heart attitude. See, this is where self-control comes in. It's because self-control can come in because God, you know, he wants us having a good attitude and not a bad attitude. Amen. And, and where we need to control our attitude. Look at your name and say, get an attitude check. We need to control our attitude. It's funny, you know, <laughs> it's funny that the disciples always, a lot of times they seem like that they, when, whenever they encountered a problem, they were going out of control. They weren't in control. When Jesus said, let's launch the boat and let's go to the other side. And when they did that, the Bible, the, the Bible says there was a storm that came up on the ship. See, see, the storm, that storm was sent by the devil to hinder God's people from hindering Jesus from accomplishing his mission. So, so that, that storm was sent for the devil because Jesus stopped that storm. But see, his disciples, the disciples of Jesus, they were they went a little eight. They lost control. They said, Jesus, you care that we perish? The boat is going down. 
Have you ever lost control in here? When things doesn't look good and we're at folk and, and, and everything seems to be at disarray and there's a storm coming and there, you're in the middle of the storm and you feel like that there's you don't have a life raft. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And, they, and but Jesus calmed the storm and I, you know, and, and the disciples said, what kind of man or a man is this that we're with? He's God almighty in the flesh. That's who he is. And if God is in your boat, you can't go down. And I believe that God is in your boat this morning. And, you know, just, you know, and I'm going to say this, that you know, there was a, a time where, you know, that uh, Paul and Silas was preaching in, in the city of Philippi. And, you know, they were doing the work of God. But guess what happened? They got thrown in jail for doing the work of God. And, and they, they stirred up some things and they got thrown and they got beat. And the Bible said that they got beat. This is in the book of Acts. And they, they, they were whipped and they were in stocks. And they were at 12 o'clock at night. You know, uh, it was the midnight hour. And, and the Bible said they, you know, the Bible could have recorded, well, Paul complained to Silas that they should not have been in that city. It could have been recorded that way. They complained to each other. I'm going to say this, that complaining is, wor- is, 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 is worshiping the devil. And praising is worshiping God. But they didn't complain to one another. What they did was they sung praises and worshiped God. It takes some control when you've been beat doing the right thing. When you're doing the right thing and the wrong things are happening. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For you to have enough self-control instead of instead of complaining, they praise God. Again, when you complain, you remain. But when you praise, you will be raised. And they were raised right out of that because the Bible says when they worship God in the midst of their midnight hour, the Bible said that that God that 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 there was an earthquake and every door of those cells cell doors were open and they walked out as free men and they had the opportunity to minister life to the jailer because he was going to kill himself. Because if he loses a prisoner, then it's off with his head. And so what happened was they had the uh, they had the opportunity, yes, to 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 minister to the jailer and get him and his family saved. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so so we're, we're looking at this and we're looking at Jonah and Jonah could have his anger could have got him out of the will of God. But. But Jonah ended up in the belly of a fish. They threw him over. And God had a fish that was prepared for Jonah. And at that point of his life, Jonah said, I'm ready to serve you. I'm ready to walk with you. uh, God, forgive me. In the belly of the well. God doesn't want us to be in the belly of the well to get to that point where we have to. I I don't want to get into the belly of the well. And so God had that fish Swim all the way to Nineveh. He had a he had a, you know, a submarine fish to get him to his destination. And what did Jonah did? He, he finally he preached and he preached hard to the Ninevites. And guess what they did? Even though they were an evil people and they did evil things, they repented and they turned and they and they fasted for three days. And even their animals fasted and prayed. I want to say this, if you, if you need to get a grip on your flesh today, fasting and prayer is a key that will help you. 
Pastor, did you have to go with that this morning? Uh, you know, I, I don't like the idea of fasting. You know, I'm going to say this, you know, uh, you got to learn to control your flesh or your flesh is going to control you. Amen. Your, your flesh makes a good servant, but a terrible master. And we don't want, we don't want our flesh mastering us. Amen. Uh, in in, in uh, another area that we need to look at is lust. We need to make sure that we are um, uh, controlling areas in our life where, 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 where lust can come up. Listen, you can be a sanctified person and I, it doesn't matter how, how long you've been in God, how, how much word you have. Uh, the enemy is going to make people look good to you. There might be a, you know, back in my day, it would be a, you know, a, a fox might come by. You, you know what I'm talking about. Do they still use that term today? Uh, you know, you know, you, you know, you, you've heard that term. I'm married, but I'm not dead. But but that's not a that's not a biblical term. You need to be dead to those things. You're married and you're dead to any influences, the opposite sex. Amen. You have to consider your members dead. In other words, the first look is free, somebody said, but the second look is sin. But somebody said, can I look long? <laughs> can I, how, how long is the first look? <laughs> no, man, you don't even want to give it two or three seconds. You want to move your eyes. Oh, keep just keep looking forward. Amen. You, you, you don't want to see your, our eyes will get us in trouble. Amen. You know, David, he had, David was a mighty man of God. He, he, he killed lions and bears and giants. And he, he, he took care of the, uh, of the armies of the Philistines. I mean, this guy was a mighty man of God, but, but he didn't have control of his eyes. And so we as men, we have to control our eyes. Ladies, you have to mainly control what you hear because that's how you're stimulated by what you hear. Amen. But women, but men are stimulated by the eyes. And, and David did not control his eyes that day. And he saw Bathsheba taking Bathsheba. You know, is that a beautiful name? And she was taking a bath. And he didn't control himself. And he allowed and he allowed his thoughts to go the wrong way. And what happened? He ended up having an adultery relationship. But I'm going to say this. There's still, listen, you may be in, in, involved in something like that. You may have come out of it. There, there's life after adultery. Amen. So it's, it's not the main sin that will send you to hell. It's re- repenting. It w- will get you back to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, and so, and so, but, but God did forgive David of his sin and brought him back into the right place with him. But, but, but Jonah, again, he allowed his anger, and, but he, he repented and he turned and God, and God made it right for him. And so, again, this lust thing here that we got to be careful. And look in Proverbs 6, 25. It says here, do not lust after her, her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids. This is talking about the wayward woman and it's talking to men and men, if you want to stay clear, uh, you got to stay clear of of the wrong influences because the wrong influences can hurt you. Amen. Amen. You know, Joseph was a man that was raised up by God to to save his family and save the nation. 
And Joseph was thrown into a pit. Then he, uh, from his brothers, and he ended up, uh, then he ended up at Potiphar's house as a slave. And he was so, so graced by God, he ended up running Potiphar's house. And so he ran Potiphar's house. But guess what happened? Potiphar's wife had eyes for Joseph. And Potiphar's wife liked Joseph. He was a young man. You know, he was good looking. He was muscular, a little bit like your pastor. And, um, and so he's, you know, he was a, 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 a man that, that took charge. And so she, she liked that about him. And, and she started working and trying to talk to, uh, you know, Joseph about getting with her. She wanted, she wanted Joseph. And, you know, Joseph wasn't with his family anymore and he was in his house and he was running the whole show, you know, and he probably was lonely. He didn't have a, a, a girlfriend or a wife. And, you know, you know, some people would probably try to, you know, um, figure out a way where this would be OK. But, you know, jo- what Joseph said, Joseph said this. He said, if I did this deed with her, I'd be sinning against God. He didn't say that he would be sitting against Potiphar. He said that if I did this deed, I would be sinning against God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? When we sin, you're not just sinning against a person. You're sinning against God. And so and so it hurts the heart of God. So 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 we don't want to sin against God. Amen. And Joseph said, I, you know, and, and he kept his integrity. And I'm going to say this, that when you keep your integrity, when you don't compromise to get, you know, some people will compromise to get something, but you will end up losing it down the road. And we need to have character in our lives. And we need to make sure that we're disciplining ourselves not to go in that area. Now, Samson is another man in the Bible that was, he was uh, called of God to be a judge and to uh, uh, to exact, you know, a punishment on the Philistines that were coming against the Israelites. And so Samson had had the power. He had the anointing of God. He was one of the strongest men uh, in the Bible. He had supernatural power. He could tear a lion in half. The Bible says he, he did that one time. Uh, but, you know, he had a problem with his eyes. He had a problem with his flesh. He, was, he wasn't, you know, the Bible was very clear that uh, God said, you know, in, in his covenants that we're not supposed to be mixing with people outside of, uh, of our, you know, back then of their religion. In other words, there were people that were outside of the Israelites. They served other gods. And so when you get, hook up with the wrong people, they have wrong influences and wrong influences will draw, will, 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 will become your influence. And so God is saying that we got to be very careful who we hook up with because the wrong influence, you know, a companion of fools, the Bible says, will be destroyed. And so we don't want to have, we don't want to hook in with wrong influences. But Samson, you know, he, he was the unwise jock, if I may. <laughs> He, 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 he was the unwise, you know, man of steel. He may have had strength, but he, he didn't exercise a lot of self-restraint. And he ended up marrying a Philistine. 
And, so, and that woman ended up dying in a process. The Philistines killed her and her family. So he ended up losing his wife. And then he ended up dating Delilah. He wasn't, some people thought that he was married to Delilah. He wasn't married to Delilah. They were just hookup buddies. He wasn't hanging out with her for a sparkling conversation. Let's put it that way. In other words, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Delilah. Just that name makes you, oh man, makes me want to put my head in her lap. Delilah. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so Samson had this mighty power of God upon him and he was called to be a judge and he had an anointing on his life, but he lost that anointing when he hooked in with the wrong person. When he hooked in and, and her loyalty was to the Philistines and they bribed her to, to find out the secret of his power. And at first he just lied to her the first few times I would think he would have got a clue. But see, what happens is when you hang out with the wrong people, a spirit of deception, hello, that's, that can come upon you. And, you. and especially if you hook up with a person physically, you know, in other words, you date people. Once you physically connected to somebody in a sexual relationship, you know, what happens is you start looking at them with rose colored glasses. And you start thinking everything they are is good, but it may not be. And then we, what we start doing is we start making allowances for, well, they drink a little, they do this, they don't, they don't serve God, whatever. And we start making allowances and, and, then, and then their influences become our influences and we become deceived and we fall. Amen. And so Samson, uh, he... He, he, he ended up losing his power. But you know what? There is grace even when you mess up. Because Samson at the end of his days was, at, was in the, the you know, uh, place where he, his hands were between two pillars. It was a huge place where the Philistines met. And there were th- I guess there were thousands of Philistines. His hair grew back. He repented before God. And God gave him strength one more time. He pushed those pillars and he killed more Philistines in his death than his entire life. He, he served as the judge for 20 years. And so and, and you know, uh, Samson is mentioned in Hebrews 11 in the Hall of Faith. So even if you do mess up, even if you do come from a you came from a background that wasn't too good, even if you've done some things, God can restore you. Can I get an amen here? God can bring you back. Amen. It wasn't the best for Samson. It it wasn't the best that he had to die with the Philistines. It wasn't God's best plan, but God restored. Can I get an amen here? And God can restore you too. No matter how many mistakes that you make, no matter what you're going through, God is the restorer. Can I get an amen or oh me? Uh, another area that where we need to get a grip on is now I know you don't want to hear this this morning is our spending. Oh, pastor. Do are we spending way too much? It says the uh, Proverbs twenty one twenty. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Think about that. I think that's pretty harsh. It says it says the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Proverbs 13, says it this way. A good man leaves an inheritance 
to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So we see here that God, that that saving is a good thing that we're not really supposed to spend everything that we had. King David, he 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 had millions of dollars in gold and silver. He had he had a lot of stuff stored up before he died. And when 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 Sam, when uh, Samuel, um, when um, who was his son? Solomon, thank you. Amen. Help me preach this. When Solomon, when Solomon received the kingship, he had all these resources at his beck and call. And he was able to build the, you know, God's house with the resources. He was able to build the temple with those resources and it helped him. And so and so saving is a good thing. Fifty seven percent of Americans I did a research here, have less than $1,000 in their savings account. 57% of people, they're just one car, you know, problem away from, from using the credit card. The average American owns, owes $5,500 in credit card debt. Is anybody average in here? <laughs> Amen. What am I saying to you today? I'm saying that if you're going to come out of this, out of debt, if, which is a, it, it makes a slave to the bar, you know, we're slave to the lender. If we're going to come out of debt, you're going to have to use your will and you're going to have to get God's power. Amen. You're going to have to get your will involved. You're going to have to get to a point where you don't want to be in debt. Yes. You want to get rid of debt. Amen. Debt is a curse. Amen. And you have to go with that scripture. Don't you? Don't owe anybody anything but to love them in Romans 13, 8. And I'm going to say this. Once you make a decision that, that you're whatever, that whatever sin or weakness that's in your life, once you make it, use your will and allow God's power, pray, prayer power to get in and help you. And God will help you. I'm looking at debt free people here today. You know, another pitfall that we walk in sometimes and. I, I don't believe as a Christian, it's a good witness to drink. Oh, pastor, now you have to go there. I just don't think it's a good witness. I, I don't see anything good about drinking. And so I don't drink. Amen. I, I drink from the spirit. <laughs> Amen. But I don't drink. It says here that, that and I, I'm not here to, to, to give you a bunch of do's and don'ts. But what I'm saying is there's areas that, that if it becomes unchecked, it can become a problem in our lives. And, it, and the pitfall of drinking, Proverbs 23, 29 35, through 35 says this way. Who has anguish? Who has sorrow? Who is always fighting? Who is always complaining? He is, who has unnecessary bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? Is the one who spends long hours in, in taverns. We would say clubs. Trying out new drinks. Don't gaze at the wine, seeing how red it is, how it sparkles in the cup, how smoothly it goes down. For the end, it bites like a poisonous snake. It stings like a viper. You will, you will see elucidations. You will say crazy things. You will stagger like a sailor tossed at sea, clinging to a swaying mass. And you will say, they hit me, but I did not feel it. I didn't even know it when they beat me up. When will I wake up to, to search for another drink? So what I'm saying is that we need to be very careful because alcohol can get a hold on some of us. And, and some of us may have a, 
disposition in that area where, where we can get out of control. Now, what is the antidote to drinking? It's the Spirit of God. In Ephesians 5, 17 through 21, it says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And he says, do not be drunk with wine. Paul is, is exhorting us not to be drunk with wine, which is dis, dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Amen? And, and, and he says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So, so what is the antidote to drinking? Drinking of the Spirit. In other words, natural booze is a counterfeit to the Spirit of God. It's called spirits. And we don't want the wrong spirit. We want, I've never had a hangover getting, getting, getting drunk in the Holy Spirit. I never had to go to the throne room and hang on to the porcelain. You know what I'm talking about this morning. And so listen, we, we don't need to go that way as, as believers. We can endeavor to drink of God, worship him, and his presence is much better than, than, than getting drunk on beer or wine or whatever. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? Ambition is another thing. We need to be very careful about ambition. Proverbs 23, 4 says, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In other words, you know, you, we don't want to be running after the almighty dollar. But what we want to do is do what Matthew 6, says. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. Can I get an Amen. You know, in Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So he's saying here that we need to let us lay aside every weight and sin. Amen? And, and I'm going to say this. You have the power to do that. You have the power of the Holy Spirit to lay down anything that's trying to wreck your life. Amen. Can I get an amen there? And so we, we have the fruit of self-control and the ability of God's power to help us to overcome those weaknesses. And, God's, and our will and God's power is the key ingredients to walking in the fruit of temperance. Listen, if there is a sin that you're, in, that you're involved in and you love that sin, uh, you're not going to try to get out of it. You've got to hate those sins. You've got to hate those sins that are destroying your life. It, it could be anything. Amen. And so we don't want to do that. So in, in other words, God uses our will for, you know, we have to have a will to come out of whatever weakness we're dealing with. If you ever study the, uh, the, the scriptures, you'll find that a lot of people got their miracles because they had a desire to come out of some things. They had a desire. Uh, blind Barabbas had a desire to see. And what he did, he had a will. And, and his will was his faith to see. And so Jesus was there and he cried out to God. He cried out to Jesus and said, Jesus, son of David. He used his will, but Jesus used his power. And his power, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So it's not just, listen, if you're going to come out of these, some of these things, it's not all God. Oh, pastor, if God wants me out of debt, he'll get me out of debt. Ah, uh, no, you're going to have to, you might have to cut up a credit card. What? 
That's my right. I can't cut my credit cards up, Pastor. <laughs> credit cards are king. No, you might have to do you might have to do some credit card surgery. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? You 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 might have to you might have to get serious. Get serious about whatever is trying to pull you down in your life. You've got to get serious. Blind Bartimaeus was serious about seeing. He, he, that was his will. He, he, they told him to shut up. If you study it, be quiet, blind Bartimaeus. Jesus don't want to hear from you. You're just a blind beggar nobody cares about. But he kept yelling, Jesus! In other words, you, you, you're going to have to get to a point where you, you're going to say, credit card debt is not going to be a part of my life anymore. Amen. Amen. This, this sickness is not going to be a part of my life anymore. Amen. Amen. This bad attitude is not going to be a part of my life anymore. Amen. Amen. So, so we, have to have, uh, we, have to, we have to be able to have some self-control. Amen. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. I'm going to try to close this up in a few more minutes. And it, this is Apostle Paul. And he talks about buffeting his body. No, not buffeting. Uh, buffeting. Buffeting his body. Excuse me. Uh, I guess everybody likes a good buffet. But uh, he, he talks about buffeting his body. It says here in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27. Buffeting, that's, that's, the, new, new, uh, that's the old King James. But uh, he says here, do you not know that those who run a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. There's a word temper, temperate, which is same, saying self-controlled or get a grip. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body. And the old, old King James says, buffet. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. Think about that. So what is Paul saying here? He's saying that he needs to run his race. You know, he's saying here, he's saying three things here. He's saying, number one, that when he's running his race, he runs his race with purpose. We got to have purpose behind why we do things. And, and his purpose was to, to run his way with integrity so he could qualify to get the crown of life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, he wasn't going to be a man that lived a double life. He wasn't just going to preach a scripture, preach the, the, a, a good word here and live another life somewhere else. He wasn't going to be a double minded man. He wasn't going to he what he taught. He lived. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And there's people out here. The Pharisees would say things and they were and they they did things. Amen. But they really didn't mean it. They lived a double life. Amen. We don't want to be like a Pharisee. Glory to God. When we compromise to get, we will eventually lose. We must run. So when we stand before the king of kings, we'll hear well done, good and faithful servant. The third uh, second key to what Paul was saying in these in the scripture is a self-controlled life is lived with discipline. Somebody say discipline. discipline. Amen. Paul made it clear that he wasn't going to let his body tell him what to do. He was going to discipline his body to keep it in check. Glory to God. If we're going to obtain anything in life, we must discipline ourselves. 
You know, you, I, you know, the Olympics come, come out every four years, you know, the Olympics. And we find that the Olympic athletes, they practice and train and they practice and train not, not just to win the gold medal, but just to make it into the Olympics. Do you know they have tryouts before you can be to, to even go to the Olympics? And so they go through all this hard work to just to just to qualify to be in the Olympics. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? Just to qualify. That's not just to win. the. That's almost winning the gold medal for most of them just to qualify. And think about that. And, and Paul is saying for us to qualify for the crown of life, we're going to have to train ourselves like athletes. We're going to have to train ourselves and we're going to have to tell our flesh what to do instead of our flesh telling us what to do. The third key is a self-controlled life is lived in submission to something greater than ourselves. We must learn to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ to run this race victoriously. You know, you know Paul says it this way in Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is what we need to do with our bodies and with our minds. Because, you know, you can discipline your body and you can discipline your mind. And when we do these things of discipline in our body and our minds... We will see the fullness of God's blessings in our life. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, you're familiar with this passage. But it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. So what is he saying here? Listen, there's two things we need to do. We need to present our bodies to God. Why? Because we're owned twice over. One from right of creation and two by the blood of Jesus. Our bodies don't belong to us. Amen. What, Pastor? Your body belongs to God if you're a Christian. Amen. And the Bible says we're supposed to glorify God in our bodies. Amen. So your body is not designed just for pleasure. Amen. It's not designed just for you just to do whatever you want with your body. Amen. So we want to make sure that we're that we're uh, presenting our bodies and then our minds. We need to we need to make sure that we're not allowing our minds to go in any direction. We need to have control of our thoughts. You know, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. What I'm saying, what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that. Listen, if you're going to if you're going to walk this victorious life in Christ, presenting your body, amen, and 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 and, and renewing your mind is going to be the key for you to walk in victory in Christ Jesus. You know, the reason why some of us are, are losing in our battle with our flesh is because the Bible talks about in Romans eight, our mindsets. Our mind is set on the things of the flesh. You're going to move towards the things of the flesh. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? What sets our minds to the things of flesh? Whatever we're looking into our eye gates, whatever is coming into our ear gates. In other words, there's so much trash out here, amen, on the internet, on TV, and all this, that will draw us in a mindset that will warp us. And we want to be careful. Some of us might need to turn the TV set off. Some of us might need to set up some rules that we're not going to look at anything that will pull us down. Are you, are you listening to me? I feel like I'm, I'm preaching to a bunch of teenagers this morning. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I, I know you guys aren't, you guys are, teen, you know, 
But what I'm saying is that we need to be very careful because the Bible says in Proverbs, it says in 423, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Uh, in New Living Translation, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So really, we have something to do with what comes into our hearts. Amen. See, see, Adam had something to do. See, see, Adam blamed the woman with, for his problem. He said, God, it's the woman you gave me that caused me to eat of the fruit. No, no, he was, you know... <laughs> Listen, he wasn't doing his job in kicking the snake out of the garden. Are you hear what I'm saying? In other words, he wasn't protecting the garden. Adam's job was to make sure that the garden was free and clear of vipers. And your job is to make sure that your garden of your heart, if there's any weeds that are growing. Are you, can I get in a witness in the house today that you're going to have to pull those weeds out of your heart? Whatever it is, it could be weeds of doubt, weeds of unbelief, weeds that are growing up into your heart. And you're going to have to pull those weeds out so you have a heart that be able to receive the incorruptible, indestructible seed of the living God. And when we, because if our hearts are all cluttered with all this stuff, it's going to be difficult for that seed to take root, the, the seed of God's word, so that we can walk victorious in this life. Amen. We need to guard what, our tongues. We need to make sure that we're just not saying anything. Glory to God. We, we, need, we need to discipline ourselves in, our, in, in, in the spiritual life. We need, we need to study the word, the Bible says. We need to get that word going every day. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and not having heard. That's the reason why you're here this morning. You may say, well, I've heard a sermon like this maybe three months ago. Well, that's great. You may have heard that sermon, but faith doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing. You're in here today because your faith is receiving some new information. Your mind and your heart is receiving new information. And you're realizing that you don't have to go with your, your impulses of your body. You don't have to go with how, where the crowd's going. No, no you're, you're, you're our trendsetters in here. And I believe that this church is going higher. We could discipline ourselves in our time. The Bible says make the most of our time. For the days are evil. And so we want to make the most of our time. We just don't want to squander our time. Amen. And we want to make sure that we're putting God into every facet of our lives. Amen? Amen. I believe that God has raised up victorious people in this church. Amen. And I'm going to just say it again. There's nothing that can hinder you from doing what God has called you to do. There's nothing. There's no devil in hell. There's no weakness in your flesh. God has given you the power to walk out of anything that will cause hurt or problem in your lives. you believe that today? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. There's no temptation that is common to man that God is faithful. He will always make a way of an escape. There's no temptation that can lord over you this morning. No, you have the power because God has given you that power to set you free in every area of your life. If you believe that today, shout glory. Glory. Now really shout glory if you believe that today. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
Glory to God. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning. And we just thank you, Father God, that you're so good. And there's nothing, Father God, that can keep us back from doing your full will. And I thank you for these precious people out here that you have a calling on their lives. Each one, they may be different, may not be a five-fold minister, but you're calling them to, to be a light to a dark world. And maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're watching online, and you have not made a decision for Jesus. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And the Bible says when you receive Christ, you will not be disappointed. I want you to pray this prayer if you're ready to make a fresh commitment to God and mean it in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I repent of all sin and I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.